Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. so crazy because on Facebook I keep getting this unusual light and I don't know where the light is coming from Love is where you are. 
<laughs> I wanna be where you are. Wow. Gotta be where you are. I know where this light is coming from. My God, you are. My God, I don't, I don't know where all this extra light is coming from. This is interesting this morning. Um, good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. I'm Lakeisha M. Johnson, aka, or as my most friend, most of my friends call me, and those who love me, um, LMJ. Um, and so we welcome you. I feel like that. Like this is crazy. Like when I move my hand a certain way, the room is just lit up. Like this is very interesting this morning. Well, we receive your glory, Father God. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Father God, for just who you are to us today. We thank you for a fresh wind blowing. We thank you, Father God, that you reveal yourself to us today, Lord God, and we accept your perfect will for our lives. We will be anxious for absolutely nothing, everything in prayer and supplication, making our requests known before you because you are daddy God. You are the God that loves us. You are the God that keeps us. You are the God that's full of grace and full of mercy. And we receive that for our life today. We thank you, Father God, that you liberally supply all our needs according to your riches and glory, Lord God. Father God, we just, we repent for anything that we've done this week, for anything that is not in our life, that is in our life that does not line up with your perfect will. We thank you, Father God, for your glory. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercies and that we can receive brand new mercies every day. We thank you, Father God, for your diligence to us and your commitment to us and your consistency with us. We thank you, Father God, for how much you love us and you loved us and demonstrated that love through Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Father God. Give us this day our daily portion. Give us this day our daily bread. Father God, we thank you for enlarging the place of our tent, Lord God, so that we can do more for your glory, Father God, so that we can do more for you. We can do absolutely anything, Father God. Give us the capacity to discern you more, Lord God. Let us seek ye first the kingdom of heaven so that everything else can be added unto us, Lord God, not for our positioning, not for our fame, not for our fortune, Father God, but for your glory. We thank you, Father God, today that we are anchored in your word, Lord God, that we resolve the, the, that your word is the truth, Lord God, that we will not second guess anything. And Father God, for any place in our heart that's in a backslidden state, any place in our heart that's been giving given over to the flesh, anything in our life that does not line up with your word, we cast down those wicked imaginations. We cast down those strongholds. We drive out every force of darkness, Lord God, right now in Jesus' name. Father God, we thank you, Father God, that we yield to the Holy Spirit so that we will not gratify the lust of our flesh. Father God, we set ourselves in your presence today, Lord God. And we thank you, Father God. Father God, we are on day five of praying for our nation. And we are praying today that your spirit be poured out 
on all flesh. In the last days, God said, I will pour my spirit out on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour my spirit out in those days and they will prophesy. Lord, we thank you today that you are pouring your spirit out in this nation, pouring your spirit out in our city, pouring your spirit out in our homes, pouring your spirit out in our businesses, pouring your spirit out in our churches, pouring your spirit out in our ministries, Lord God. Father God, we thank you that your spirit is poured out on all flesh, that we have God kind of encounters that change our hearts, change our minds and change our lives in Jesus name. Amen. In Jesus name. Amen. Lord, we thank you. 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 My God, we thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. Well, I'm not going to let this light bother me, but this is a strange light. You won't see. I'm sorry. Hey, Instagram. Hey, Facebook. Hey, YouTube. Um, I just have this light that just keeps beaming um, on my Facebook. I have no extra lights. I did not do anything different. I am not sitting any different, but the light just keeps flashing in. So I don't know. It's just really strange. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for how you visit us. We thank you are how you are a witness to us through the Holy Spirit. We bind our mind to the mind of Christ. We bind our will to the will of God. We drive out every force of darkness. Lord God, reveal, reveal yourself to us. I know reveal yourself to us. Reveal yourself to us. Reveal yourself to us today. Daddy God, reveal yourself to us in Jesus name. Amen. So. Um, I, we have been on this series teaching, um, um, and we're learning to hear God. And this week, God challenged us to be mindful of our emotions. Um, if you are new to the devotional, we welcome you. Anytime God puts us into the position and place where he wants to learn something. God is very intentional with us on this devotional. He doesn't ever give us a task without providing us an answer, right? He doesn't give us, he ne he's never done that. He's never given us a task and not provided an answer. So if the Lord says, hey, um, pay attention to this. Hey, I want you to learn how to hear me um, better. Then he always gives an answer. And often what God does for us um, as it does for us as well is he will um, turn around and talk to us about the places in our heart that we need to deal with, like, or the emotions or the things that we've been doing um, naturally for so long. Most of us have probably thought that our emotions were just a normal part of us, right? This is just the mood I'm in. This is just who I am. And God is like, no, I did not create you to be led by your emotions. I created you to be led by the spirit. We are tripart beings, spirit, soul, and body. And we, uh, a lot of us have learned to respond to life emotionally because no one told us that we had the capacity to manage 
unstable emotions. No one told us that we really could renew our mind and we had control over our thoughts. Before we started the process of our emotions, the Lord led us on a few weeks of learning how to renew our mind. And if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, you can go over to the YouTube channel, Coffee and Conversations with Akeisha. You can get subscribed to the YouTube channel. And once you get subscribed to the YouTube channel, you can go back through all the devotionals. If I were you, I would go back to October because God started becoming so intentional with us on October. He told us to build an altar. Um, He started giving us all these instructions. He just started grooming us and preparing us for what was coming. And anybody who has been on the devotional consistently, consistently knows that we have been growing in grace and growing in the things of God. And so we are learning a kingdom. We are learning how to become led by the spirit, not be led by our flesh, not be emotionally driven, not given over to emotions. We learn the process to renewing our minds, how to renew our minds, um, that we didn't need to wait on a miracle to renew our mind, how we needed to take authority, understand that we have the availability to renew our minds. Remember Romans 12 and two tells us, do not be conformed to the things of this world, right? Do not, do not, do not. And so we have way more strength We have way more, um, we have way more power and authority than we think we have. And he has been showing us through our righteousness before renewing our mind. He talked to us about our righteousness. He has been showing us. I'm so excited this morning. He has been showing us through, because I just feel like daddy God is about to do something for us. He has been showing us. He has been showing us through our righteousness, right? Thank you for that, Jess. Thank you for that, Nisi, sharing the link to give. There's an opportunity, and we'll talk to you more about giving, um, but consider becoming a partner with this ministry. Um, But he has been showing us our righteousness. He showed us our righteousness. He showed how he was established in the fact. So there is a freedom that comes to us through Christ Jesus. It is not just enough for you to be like, I'm, I'm saved. I'm a Christian and not understand your righteousness or not walk in the authority that has been given to you in Christ Jesus or not walk into the victory in the victory that flow, Holy Spirit flow that are not walking the victory that has been given to you in Christ Jesus. Lord, let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You are my strength and you are my redeemer. I'm sorry, I feel the Holy Spirit. So, um, and so it is so important to us that we learn the difference between where our emotions have been leading us and what a life by the Spirit looks like, and that we learn to discern the voice of God as our own. We've been given biblical examples of what it looks like to be led by our flesh. Yesterday, the Holy Spirit reminded us that Lot made a decision of what looked best for him. Like it looked like it was better for him to go in Sodom and Gomorrah. And when I left, when I left the devotional yesterday, I started thinking like Sodom and Gomorrah was populated. Um, There were people there. It probably looked fancy. It probably looked successful. It probably looked prosperous. And so he chose to be in this valley of Sodom and Gomorrah because the hills didn't look like a whole lot. Like when you choose a hill or a place, it didn't look probably as successful, but that if he'd have chose that hill, he'd have saved his life. He'd have saved his family, but he made a choice and his emotions or his desires to 
Can I tell y'all something? Your desire to be successful will drive you to a place that you don't even have no business being a part of. It'll drive you to a job that you have no business being a part of. It'll, it'll drive you to a relationship that you have no bi business being a part of. It'll keep you in some relationships that you don't have any business being a part of. And you'll find yourself in some situations that it appears that it's God, but it's not even God. Like it's not even God, like it's not even God. And remember, we've been learning that the narrow path is so different. The narrow path, the narrow path looks so different. It is not, it is not the same, right? It is not what we think. The narrow path, um, there are church folks and religious people on the narrow path. And so the, the narrow path is, it looks different. Um, let me give you a few scriptures about the narrow path. Matthew 7, 13, 14, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many may enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. If, if this is Jesus talking and he's saying only a few are going to find it. Do you know how wide that gate is? That's deceptive. Do you know how wide that gate is? This gate that's deceptive is wide. It's wide. For those of y'all, I'm a little Southern. I got a little Cali. I'm a little Southern. It's wide, baby. It's wide. It's wide. It's wide. And so if only few find the narrow gate, the only way that we're going to be able to find this narrow gate is by the spirit. So that means that there has to be, there has to be, things that could deceive us or places or opportunities that could deceive us to make us think that this is of the Lord and is not even of the Lord. And we know that the other, there's another scripture that tells us the little foxes spoil the vine. It's the little things that will creep in, right? It's the little things that will creep in that will get us <laughs> like that will get us. It will, it's the little things, the, the little bitty things that you won't even realize, right? Right. When we don't recognize that, um, Jesus himself is the true vine and we are his branches, right? And we are to bear his fruit and we are to be, um, bear the fruit of the spirit. And we are not to be outside of him and outside of the vine. Solomon's song of Solomon two and 15 catch for us, the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards for our vineyards are in blossom, right? And so little foxes are hard to catch. Little foxes are hard, like little foxes are hard to catch. And so we have to be careful when we let little seep things seep in. And so if the Lord is saying to us without a doubt, no, this path that I'm on, if you're going to really re receive Jesus, if you're really going to walk in this thing, if you really want to, to walk in the fullness of who I called you to be, then guess what? This path, path looks narrow. And so when God started showing me this, I'm like, how many of us have been on the wide, wide path and at church? How many of us have been on the wide path and serving? How many of us have been on the wide path and led Sunday school and Bible study and all these other things, but still been on the wide path? And I started reflecting on my own life where, oh, I love the Lord with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and all my spirit. Who I love, I love the Lord. But, but as I go back and reflect, 
uh, as I go back and reflect, I was on the wide path. Like I was on the wide path because my life wasn't reflective of living life by the spirit. Still in church, but mean. Can I be honest this morning? Still in church, but mean. Right? Still in church, but lustful. I can't, y'all know I'm sitting. I have to sit my wake my babies up. Still in church, but lustful. Still, still in church, but coveting. Right. Still in church, but coveting, still in church, but lustful, still, 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 still in church, but deceitful. Right. Still, 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 still in church, but lying. Right. Come on now. I'm just being honest. Still in church with morality and character issues. Right. Still in church and hating on people. Still in church and gossiping. Still, still, just still, still in church, in church faithfully, in church faithfully. But, but living still according to my flesh, living still according to my flesh. So I can't be living. I can't be on the narrow path because if I'm on the narrow path, that life looks different and I'm not living according to my flesh. I'm living according to my spirit. And if, and if, (laughs) and if, if, if Jesus is the vine, right? If he's the vine and I'm his branch, right? Then I need, I should be looking like Jesus. I should be looking like Jesus. I should be reflecting Jesus, right? I should be seeing, I should, you should be seeing Jesus in me, right? But if the little foxes are in the vineyard and I'm not controlling control over my emotions, I'm not controlling my thinking. I'm not controlling my relationship. Um, I'm not, um, in the position or the place I'm not giving to people. I'm not serving the poor. I'm not taking care of the widow, right? Those are the things that God asks us to do. I'm not taking care of the poor. I'm not taking care of the widow. I'm not connecting to my brother. Like if I'm not doing those things, then I might not be on the narrow path because there is a certain conviction that comes to you by way of the Holy spirit that says to you, baby, there's way more to this thing. There's a depth to this thing. The deep begins to call until the deep, right? The deep begins to call until the deep. It begins to, it it begins to search your heart. It begins to pull things out of you that have manifested in you that have absolutely nothing to do with God. It has to do with your culture. It has to do with your emotions. It has to do with your religion. It has to do with your desires has no, nothing to do, nothing to do with you, like nothing to do with you or your spirit whatsoever. Psalms 42 and seven deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me, right? The the Lord decrees his loving devotion by day and by night. That's how the Lord decrees his loving devotion. And so if this path is narrow, right? If this path is narrow, then I've got to self-check myself. I've got to be tuned in enough to the spirit. Well, how do I get tuned in enough to the spirit? I've got to start recognizing and asking the Holy Spirit, man, Holy Spirit, I need you to search my heart and show me the things in my heart that do not line up with the word of God and have just been a religion. And can I share something with you? If you are somebody that is constantly on an emotional roller coaster, then the Holy Spirit is not leading you. I am not saying you will not have a bad day. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying if your emotions are up and down and all over the place, 
Something else is going on. It could be a spiritual attack. It could be that your emotions, um, your, you've been emotionally led for so long. Yesterday, I showed you all of the things that are common to allow us to be led by emotions. I talked to you about diet. I talked to you about exercise. I talked to you about relationships. I talked to you about grief, right? We talked about all those different things that put you in a position and a place for you to be led by the emotions, right? First Corinthians 2. And 14, right, says the natural man does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, for they are foolish to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. If you if you think you're going to understand this in your mind, right, when people say think I can't wrap my mind around God, what God is saying. Good. You're not supposed to wrap your mind around what God is saying. I can't wrap my mind. I can't get this in my mind. Good. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to wrap your mind around this. This is not for you to wrap your mind around. This is for you to receive by faith and receive in the spirit, right? You are not supposed to wrap your, your mind around it. That is not the goal. That is not the objective. The objective is that I receive this by the spirit, right? Let me go to the 13th verse before that it says, and this is what we speak, not in words taught us by what human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. That's the, that's the 13th. The natural man does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God for they are foolish to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Let me give you the 15th part of that verse. Um, it's the spiritual man judges all things, but he himself is not subject to anyone's judgment for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ, but we have the mind of Christ. So how do we get the mind of Christ? We get the mind of Christ through the word of God. And how do we get the word of God through study, through meditation, through supplication and stuff and prayer. And so if your study time is not amped up, right? If your study time is, if your mind has been all over the place or you've been somebody that's been emotionally led for a long, long time, it's going to take you, it's going to take you, you're going to have to take time to renew your mind in the word. And the reason that you're going to have to take time to renew your mind in the word is because baby it's layers to this. <laughs> it's layers to this. Like it's layers to this. There are layers upon layers, upon layers, upon layers, upon layers of, of you, of culture, of this world. So you are not going to renew. You're not going to Jesus. My mind is renewed. One devotional not going to renew your mind. Your life has to come into a position and a place where you become devoted in your relationship with God, right? The whole point of coffee and conversations, right? It's, it's to bring um, a personal God to an impersonal world. That, that's what God began to show me. I want you to, I want you, I want a devotion. This is our devotional relationship. This is between me and God. I told y'all just as I'm on here teaching, I'm on here learning, right? This is to take my impersonal 
my personal relationship with God and just put it on display before a person in, a, in a, an impersonal world because this world has become so impersonal, right? That's the point of a devotion is for you to become in, into alignment with a personal relationship with God a personal relationship that we learn a personal relationship with God and what a personal relationship with God looks like. This is the personal relationship. And so in the personal relationship with God, he begins to renew my soul, the, the trauma in my soul, the places in my soul. He begins to renew my mind. He begins to renew my thinking. And in that I become, begin to discern his voice from my voice, from the voice of the enemy, from those things that I've learned in culture, right? If, um, if money, you think money makes you successful, you are uh, mistaken. Money is the least in the kingdom. This world will have you so driven to get money. Well, I got to save up. I got to be protected. I got to have all this that you will stay committed to something that you don't even have any business being committed to because you still, you still providing for yourself. Right. I'm just being real. Like, I'm just being real. Everything that this world signs off on everything. If it doesn't, if it isn't backed up in the word, then we have to begin to question this. Every decision we make, we have to begin to question this. So I started out this week talking to you about what an emotion is, um, how to be, how we're led about our emotions, uh, what our emotions are, um, psychologically, how our emotions impact us. Right. Um, we know that when we're dealing with our emotions, they three responses, a subjective experience, something happens to you. Then next comes your psychological response. And then after your psychological response, there comes your behavioral response at the point of your psychological response is when the Holy spirit has to step in. If the Holy spirit does not step in at the point of your psychological response, then your behavioral response is not going to be that by the spirit. It will not, it will not, it will not, it will not. And if you have not renewed your mind enough or trained yourself enough to, to when a subjective experience happens, when I'm subjected to someone's behavior, when I'm subjected to a circumstance, if it's a graduation, if it's a death, if it's a funeral, whatever it is at the point that the subjective response, if I have already not been renewing my mind before the subjective response, my psychological response is going to be based on my culture, my experiences, fight or flight, all of that stuff is going to happen. It's no, it's no rationale, right? It's no, it's no middle ground. It's nothing rational. I'm not going to rely on my spirit if I've not been trained, right? If we dropped a dumbbell on your foot right now, right? That's the subject. Bang. Dumbbell falls on your foot. Your next response, your next response determines where you are in your spirit. Your next response determines where you are in your spirit. What comes out your mouth is an indicator of where you are in your spirit. If somebody cusses you out, right? I can't say that. Right? And your response to them, your next response has a lot to do with what's in your spirit, what's in your heart, right? And so if someone cusses you out, it don't even matter if what they saying is the truth and you're already just from their tone, just from their rate, just from their, um, just from the way that they look right. And your psychological response 
is to cuss them back out. That's because that's what you conditioned yourself. That's what you're subjected yourself to. That's what you've agreed to. I told you guys about 10 years ago, I made two decisions, but can I tell you something? It's been a growth process. It has not been all at once. I made two decisions. One, I was not going to be offended. I would take no offense. It was my choice and decision to be offended Two, I was not going to get mad. And I had to make a decision not to get mad because my mad looks really ugly. My, my mad, there is no gray in my mad. My mad is mad. My temper is my problem that I've had to deal with. And so if my temper is here and my mad is my mad, I don't get to stay in the gray area. And so I had to position myself to train myself into the word to understand what does the scripture say about me being mad? It doesn't say that I can't get angry. It says that don't let my anger turn to sin. So if I know that my behavioral response to certain things would turn me into sin, then I had to start conditioning myself. Anger cannot turn to sin. Anger cannot turn to sin. Anger cannot turn to sin. So then what do I need to do? <laughs> That's good, y'all. What do I need to do? I need to position myself in a calm state and, and teach my body and teach my mind how to calm down and to not, not to immediately respond to everything. So God gave us another strategy that we needed to pause, that we needed to pray, right? And that we needed to rely on the Holy Spirit. So I want to give you this scripture. I'm going to read this. I'm going to give you another example of how we control our emotions and then how we not let ourselves be emotional led. Um, remember I told you yesterday, um, about peace and I'm going to share you at somebody was sharing something with me this morning. So Galatians five, and this is the NLT version of the Bible. And this talks about our freedom in Christ. It says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, Paul, listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be no benefit of you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, if you're trying to find favor with God by doing the right thing, right? By doing the right thing. If I'm trying to find favor with God by going to church and serving Sunday school and doing the right thing. If that, if I think God is a point system or a checklist, if I think that's who God is, right? If that's what I'm trying to do, if I'm trying to find favor with it, then we already got a problem. If, if I'm trying to find favor by God, but God, by being circumcised, then you're going to have to obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. If I try to find favor by God, by law type relationship with God, then I'm already subjecting myself to the whole law and there's no grace. There's absolutely no grace when I subject myself to doing and point systems. And the whole point of Jesus was what? Grace. That's the whole point of Jesus. So when I'm subjected to the law, the whole point of Jesus is grace. That's the, that's the whole point of Jesus is grace. So when I'm subjected to the law, I have no room for grace. I have no room for grace. I have no room for Jesus. I have no room for the Holy Spirit. If I think it's about, oh, I'm going to get up on Sunday. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be here and I'm going to do my devotional. If I don't understand that it's about my relationship, then I have no room for grace, right? 
It says, um, for if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness that God has promised us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being un uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You are running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord. Ooh, that's powerful. I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from, from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he or she is, who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you might be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. Paul was G. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the relates, the, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division of anger, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone, any, anyone, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the narrow path again, right? But back to emotional responses, right? How many of our emotional responses have led us into sexual immorality, impurity, Lustful pleasures, idolatry, so, uh, adultery, however you want to say it, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these 
things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the spirit, let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited. Let us not provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Right? In the family of faith. Then Paul goes back and he says, notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching the cross of Christ alone can save you. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want you to be circumcised so that they can boast about it and claim you as your disciples. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me have also died. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. How do we get transformed into a new creation? Romans 12 and 2 tells us how we get transformed in a new creation. We get transformed into a new creation by the renewing of our mind. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. From now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. For I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus Christ. Dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be, be, a, be in your spirit. So that's good. That's good. So you might want to chew on that. You might want to go back and read that and see what the Lord is saying to us. And so the last part of what I told you we were going to focus on was how to manage unstable emotions, right? And how we manage unstable emotions is through the word of God. We have to spend time. We have to pause, right? We got to slow down. We got to cultivate stillness in our inner man. Psalms 46 and tells us, 10 tells us, be still and know that I am God, right? Our spirit man should always be at peace. Our spirit man is, should always be at peace. Always be at peace. Always be at peace, right? Our lives should be governed by the peace of God, which is our inner man, right? When you grow in this, you'll be in some of the worst situations and you'll be just sitting around chill. When you grow in this, you will not emotionally respond to any of the things that that are trying to provoke an emotion out of you. When you grow in this, you'll make decisions that are sound by your spirit. You'll, you won't have time to get in arguments. You're not going to be on Facebook stating your opinion because you got too much work to do. When you busy in the things of the Lord, you got too much work to do to be concerned with what other people doing. You don't know who's doing something. You don't know. You don't have time. So you have to cultivate. When you cultivate, you have to till up your heart. You have to make a decision to renew your mind. You cannot ignore when your spirit doesn't have peace. So a woman of God called me the other day and she was like, let me tell you what happened to me. She said, I went into Walgreens to make a purchase. Well, when I got in my car, I was reading my receipt and I noticed, right? Or no, when I got back home, I was reading my receipt and I noticed that they didn't charge me 
for this card I had bought. And I looked over my receipt multiple times and she said, and then the day went on, I went to bed last night and this card, this $3 card kept coming up into my spirit. It kept bothering me. And she woke up, she was like, she called for wisdom of counsel. She's like, what, what do I need to do about this? Like they made the mistake. And I said to her, I said, go take the card back. It may be a $3 car. It may be a $4 car. It may seem like it's nothing to you, but it means your integrity and character means everything to God. And if you don't have peace about this $4 car, as soon as that store opens, you need to be back at the store. She could not ignore the piece. Well, a little bit later, she called me and she was like, oh, I'm away and I'll take it back in a couple of days. And I said, look, if your piece was disturbed about this, go ahead and take the card back so that your peace doesn't keep being disturbed by this because the Holy Spirit, there may be a lesson in this for you. This may be a lesson in this from the store. And so she made a decision. She went and took the card back. And when she took the card back, the manager and she still wanted the card. The manager and the person that had rung her up the day before was there and they thanked her and they were just gracious. And the girl looked up at her and said, you ain't want to miss your blessing, did you? And she was like, absolutely not. So she, she, the disturbance in her peace said to her, I need to do something about this. Her emotions were telling her it didn't matter. When she was talking to me, her emotions had told her, put the difference in church. Don't that sound right? Like, don't that sound right? Her emotions had told her, put the, just put the $4 in church. So she thought, well, maybe I'll take the $4 and put it in church. That's what her emotions was telling her. Her emotions were leading her to do something that she thought was of integrity and character, but it was not of God, right? It was not a God, but that's what her emotions, just put the $4 in church. If you put the $4 in church, right? You'll be all good. The next thing that I told you, the last thing is you got to verify your decisions by the word of God. Every decision you make needs to really be verified by the word of God. The Bible does not give us specific answers for each decisions, right? The word's not going to tell you if you need to go to a meeting or not, or if you should take a particular job. That's what the Holy Spirit is for, but it gives you guidelines for your daily life, <laughs> The word gives you guidelines for your daily life. So if I'm trying to figure out if it's okay, then I need to spend time in my word because here's what happened. When I am cognizant of what the word says, the Holy Spirit will start tapping me on my shoulder. Oh, that's stealing. That that's stealing. That's that's stealing. That doesn't belong to you. It doesn't matter that they made that mistake. That that's stealing. Why? Because the word of God has already tilled your heart. And so I have to make a conscious decision not to be led by my emotions, but be led by the spirit of God. And when you make a conscious decision that I will not be led by my emotions, that I'll be led by my spirit of God, right? Then it'll change your direction for things. Here's it. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you the things to come. <laughs> the spirit of truth will always tell you the things to come. You got to pause. You got to pray. You got to cultivate stillness. I want to give you something. Abraham, this is Genesis 12 and 13. Abraham and Sarah, right? <laughs> Abraham and Sarah were traveling. 
Abraham became fearful, right? Abraham became fearful. And in his fear, he told Sarah (laughs) to lie and tell this king when they came to this particular land that she was his sister. (laughs) That's what he did. He said, if you do me a favor, when you get to this particular land, I need you to go on and just tell them that you're my sister, right? Why would he do that? What was he afraid of? He said, please tell them your sister. You're my sister. The thing that I love about God is despite his bad decision, God still intervened. When I was meditating on this, this is what I knew to be a fact. Abraham forgot what God promised him. (laughs) Abraham forgot When God called Abraham, he promised him something. And at the place he forgot. And in his forgetting, his emotions led him to lie. And I'm going to show you this. It's it's Genesis 12 and the first. It says, the Lord has said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family. Go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. He did not have to bless himself. He did not have to make himself famous and he will be and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed. Lot went with him. Abraham was 75, 75 years old when he left. Abraham took his wife, Sarai, because she was not Sarah yet. They had not cut Abram because they had not cut covenant with God yet. Right. He took all his wealth, his livestock, seven verse. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated to the Lord who had appeared to them. After that, Abram traveled south, set up camp in the hill and country, went to this, built another offer. He was following God. Why? Then when we get to the position in place, does he lie? He lies because he forgot the promise of God. He was not slowing down. He was not paying attention when God had already told him. He said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. He did not have to worry about the king. He did not have to worry about the king. He did not have to tell Sarah to lie, but he did because fear led his decision. Do not forget about what God has promised you. It is in the word. When you know what God has promised you and a plague and a pandemic or whatever comes in, you'll take the mindset. No, I'm not going to be moved by this. And the reason that I'm not going to be moved by this is because the Lord has already told me those who live in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. If he did the same for David, he'll do the same for me. Right? Because the promises of God are yes and amen. Well, the only way you're going to know is what this, this word says is that you spend Time in the word. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing, right? Faith comes by hearing. That's it. I think that's good. (laughs) I think the Holy Spirit led us right through that thing, right? I think that's so, so good. And I thank God 
for revealing to us today to stay in his promises, to stay in his word. That's how I'm going to keep myself from being emotionally led, submitting my decisions to God, praying in the word of God, asking for wise counsel. I gave you the story with the woman of God. She came and got counsel from me. What do you think I should do about this situation? What do you think that I should do? And then the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to ask Jesus to be Lord and Savior in your life. You're going to ask him. You're going to ask him to be Lord and Savior. That's the start of it all. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned against you. I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and take away my sins. I promise to love and follow you as best as I can. Thank you, Jesus for saving my soul, right? And God promises him that cometh unto me, I will no wise cast out. If you make a decision right now that Jesus Christ is your Lord and savior, then the Holy spirit can take off in your life. You will not lean into your own understanding in all your ways. If you begin to acknowledge God, guess what he's going to do? He's going to direct your path. I love you so much. But more than anything, God loves you. Hey, go to the website. Get connected. LakeishaMJohnson.com. I feel you, Holy Spirit. I feel the presence of the Lord. He's unlocking doors for us. He's restoring us. He's resetting us. He's placing us. He's placed us in a place of provision. He's placed us in a place of peace. He's placed us in a position where we can make right decisions. He's given us every tool we needed this week so that we would not lead our emotions. And I'm expecting outcomes. And I'm expecting to see the hand of God in your life like never before. Thank you to all of you who submitted your prayers and let me pray for you this week. I was honored to pray for you. And we have already, I've already had one, two, three, I think three, four testimonies of prayers already been answered as we came in agreement into faith. I love y'all so, so much more than anything. God loves you. Don't forget noonday devotional in our special group, coffee and conversations, daily devotional. We're in chapter 12 of if we're just going to share some empowerment from 12 to 1230. I love y'all so much more than anything. God loves you back in the Monday morning, 5 a.m. But don't forget, we're still going to be praying for the nation. And I'll drop those prayers on the Facebook page. Feed the streets. Love y'all. Consider partnership. But consider, don't quench it. Let the Lord lead you. Consider partnering with the ministry. Consider making a donation to Feed the Streets. I love you. I honor you. I bless you. Lord God, I thank you that you and glorify you. Lord God, in Jesus. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.